Welcome back to the RMP, all you little baby Yodas. Oh my god, you're so cute, all the baby Yodas. If you're if you've listened to this podcast up to this point and you don't feel like you're you're a young, inquisitive, adventurous baby Yoda, then get the fuck out. Right? Like this is exactly why we're here. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's it's probably the old Star Wars Yoda, the, the Yoda that was like 800 years old, that <laughs> very possibly could have influenced me to think the ridiculous way that I do. Sometimes I write and I don't, under, I don't even understand myself. And I say random things to people that they don't, I don't, I think I talk in circles. I think I talk so abstractly, so cryptically that nobody can even understand what the hell I'm saying. And I don't, I don't even know why. I don't, like, I love, I love writing and I, I love articulation and I love, you know, um, having to, to, to know words and like addiction I like I'm constantly pushing myself to be a a dictionary of some sort and half the time I don't even know if I'm using it correctly I mean I I double check but like I love being this anyways welcome back to the RMP I'm Zachary host of this uh this Yoda podcast. If you want to hit me up, you can always email me at Zachary at therebelminded.com or check out my newsletter on Substack where everything is together and free at therebelminded.substack.com. And we are here to question the mess, question ourselves, make some rebel actions and start living life on our own terms. And I want to know how do we live life as our true selves? Because it seems a lot of time we're faking it. The self that will look into us at the end and ask us, did we do it all? Now, now speaking of, this is just an impulsive thought that I had um, j- just randomly today. Uh, I'm going, I'm going off track a little bit here. Is I'm, I'm truly upset. I'm upset about how deeply people convince themselves, and I'm part of the group. You know, it takes a lot to realize that what you're living only feels real because the real because that's the realest you've ever lived if that makes sense like you've been adapted and conditioned to focus and see the world in a way that makes sense that was built by other people like it, it's 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 the environment and the society and the the situations around you that convince you of what life is and the only thing the only thing that tells you that that's untrue is the whisper it's the pit in your chest which is what i had basically all of my teenage years in my 20s and it's this this random call it angel on your shoulder whatever you want to call it i call it the whisper that pokes at you when you're emotional or when you're distraught or when you're in doubt or or even when you're full of joy or adventure when you're doing things outside of your or feeling things outside of your normal realm what your comfortable situation your mind and body are telling you something this is why i think the soul exists i think the soul exists to tell you who you are to pull you from any 
superficial, artificial existence and tell you who you are. And But it's only a whisper. It's only a whisper. But anyway, I, I, I wanted people to know because the thing that bothers me most is that there's an industrial world that has gotten us to this point that convinces people to live their lives in a way that seems super conventional and and very similar to everyone else like it like it it is literally a machine there's nothing organic about it um and i was just thinking you know i don't ever want to live waiting for retirement i don't want some company to convince me that if i live through enough of something if i endure something enough for them that they will give me something at the end because when you really think about it doesn't that sound a little manipulative doesn't that sound a a little tyrannical doesn't that sound a little suppressive you know Um, I mean, beyond them forcing you to do the work and you not having freedom of choice, which frankly is starting to be a little, uh, a little cloudy these days is if you sit and think about giving a career 40 years for a career that you didn't choose by impulsive, joyous choice, if you didn't choose that, what makes you feel okay to do those 40 years for somebody else, 40 years, 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever. And then, you know, you're the half, you're the other third of your day is sleeping. The other third of your day is taking care of your family or taking care of yourself. What is it about those 40 years that seems doable Also, you can have something in the end where you just relax. And that relaxation has no purpose except to give you this dream idea that you can just not do anything. And the only reason you want to not do anything is because you spent the last 40 years doing something you didn't want to do. So doesn't it make some sort of sense that you live a full life, a full 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, Pursuing things that are meaningful to you continuously into the years of, of wisdom, into the years of your body slowing down and your mind changing and fulfilling chapters of your life to some sort of climax and resolution chosen by you. Chosen by you. Doesn't that seem more right? Okay, I think I'm done. But let's move on to let's move on to the episode. And um, if you guys can focus, and I didn't distract you too much from my rude question, which frankly you'll get over it. Um, we can we can move on and put our minds back in the philosophical, back in the question. All right, this is episode one thirty three, I think one thirty three. I'm starting to think that people live in different worlds. The brain registers the world around it and their perception that an individual sees and feels 
is part of their influence on and almost like it's more than vision and manifestation and confidence. It's almost as if there are different levels, different, different clarities of perception, individual perception. And one might think that they are stuck with only one sight, but I think changing the worlds we see, these layers, I would say, are malleable. Kind of like being able to push out and spread sticky, clouded versions in an effort for a higher level of perception. I guess to to expand a territory, expand a boundary that lets more in and builds a wisdom of what it is that our world actually exists of. Could these different levels of perception be foundations for people's success and influence? Shouldn't it seem possible that our brains can transform worry into adaption, insignificance into worth, and blandness into adventure? In other words, can how we see the world be the insight in how to manipulate it, how to work with it, how to help ourselves take advantage of it? And is it a form of prioritization and work that changes it? In other words, are, does it require us to be uncomfortable, to push our boundary, to, to seek and accept new information? Is it the sacrificial significance of burning the past self for the sake of the new? Is it from pressing so hard and consistently consistently against that wall that it finally starts to crack? Is our way through reliant on how the amount of pressure we put on it instead of the patience we give to it? So if a man has seen the greatest evil in the world, that doesn't prove that he would become evil. He could also know it well enough to keep others from it, warn them them of it, or strengthen them against it. If a woman has lived on the edge of nature, wouldn't that most likely give her the perception of its importance as well as its danger? Could that mean she helps reconnect humans to nature itself? If a person has known nothing but poverty, does that mean that that person will always be without wealth? Could that person have wisdom of how important life is without it? Couldn't they show the world what we lose because of our greed? Couldn't that person find their own wealth and become a light in darkness because of its because of their resistance against it. I think what I'm trying to get at here is that not only do we think very uniquely and and maybe we're just acting the same because of rules and regulations of society, but maybe that diversity of mind is actually insanely important in the, prog- the progress of the world around us and the progress of ourselves. In other words, we would have to make sure to have self-expression, to connect to other people, to hear other people's authentic insights in order to further our own capability, to to. to to strengthen our own foundation, to add to our skills, to add to our our perspective, to change our perceptions of the world in a way that makes it malleable, in a way that makes it transform, in, in which makes us capable of transforming the world around us in a way that puts us on top and in belief 
of what we can do. This one was this one was kind of complex because perception is insanely difficult like emotions can be to define. For us to understand somebody else's perception, we have to be able to bring down the defenses of our own. We have to be capable of understanding our sensibility and not getting too hurt by what could be different. I think that the idea that we are all living in different worlds is something that we might have to consider just so that we can actually create compassion and excitement for what life is and what life could be because it doesn't really make sense right for a a average hard-working 40 an hour week human to look to any idol and hear their story and be in awe yet assume that it's impossible i'm not really sure how this idea of of rare uncommon talented and gifted people came to be like i i remember being convinced of it myself and the only thing that's made me capable of seeing it otherwise to for me the only way i've been able to to change my own perception of the world and myself is to see myself grow but also seeing the flaw in those humans it's like it stands right out there in front of everybody but everybody's focused on on the awe and the flaw in a way that that keeps them disconnected from what those things actually mean so if you see a celebrity or somebody influential in the world for some reason, we're, we're dedicated to finding their flaw only in order to feel better about ourselves, but not in order to see, to help see that they are not gods, see our own capability. And we also seem to be able to attach to them, to attach ourselves to stars, to people that are gods, and we hold them up in that manner in a way that just makes us feel better about existence itself because whatever it is that they're creating, you know, um, whether it's something environmental, some sort of activist, some sort of actor, some sort of scientist, some sort of uh, socially positive being, whatever that person may be, it's almost like it is with movies. We, we're attaching to something outside of ourselves. We're attaching to the, the intensity and adventure of human story without believing that it's actually true for ourselves. So I guess what I'm trying to understand here or trying to get myself to see is that there's power in 
and being able to change the perception of ourselves and change our perception of the world for the pure sake of knowing how well we can influence it and how much we can change ourselves. I was saying in here transformation, adaptation, um, uh, manipulation, taking advantage of. And so maybe I think this is my, my point for today through this through this entry through this in- inquisitive thought here this question is what does perception mean not just for you as an individual but what does perception mean for your comparison to other people and proving to yourself somehow that your own worldview it may very well be false. It may very well be wrong. It may very well be self-sabotaging. It may very well be um, victimization. Because why is it that another human is capable of doing that and you're not? I'm I'm working through this book uh, in chunks because it is uh, it is dense about the seven different types of intelligence, the theory of the seven different types of intelligence. And it's written by this guy named Howard Gardner. And his whole idea here is that in the newness, even though it may not seem so new, the newness of human intelligence, um, in the newness of human intelligence, we've somehow attached ourselves to this basic uh, ignorant idea that, that, that IQ itself is the only intelligence that exists. But he debates this, and let me check the, uh, the different forms here. So the seven different types of intelligence that he's, he's claiming here are linguistic intelligence, uh, musical intelligence, logical, mathematical intelligence, spatial intelligence, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, personal intelligence, and maybe that's it. Anyways, so he's making an effort for us to recognize the different forms of intelligence that we have capability for, and it's, it's showing itself in the different hugely diverse talents that people have. It shows up in the careers that we have. It shows up in the entertainment. It shows up in the creativity um, it, it shows up everywhere in the world, and he's trying to put through to, in this idea that IQ is a, I guess, almost archaic um, and at this point obsolete way of recognizing intelligence. And to have sense of these seven forms of intelligence also means that we would be able to educate more deeply on the different types and 
help people thrive in something that they would naturally have a knack for, have a talent for, have a passion for, have a curiosity for. And I, I honestly think this is, is super important. And I think this is also very important for perception, which we were talking about, because it helps us open up the abilities that we may have. It maybe helps us become more curious. It helps us become more adventurous in trying to discover more of ourselves and get out of this linear idea of how we must exist and how other people may or may not be better than us, which I don't think there is a better. I think that there is a work ethic that proves our worth to ourselves and our community, right? But this is this is kind of a lot. This is kind of a lot. So I would say this. This is some sort of homework maybe. I would say that we need to understand that our perception of the world is built by the instinctive reactions that we have to the world. Um, it's it's based on our the environment that we grew up in. It's based on our uh, the, the traumas that we went through, the good things and the bad things, and and it, it, it's it's connected to the things that have come in and out of our lives or that have been absent in our lives. And given us an idea of the world that could very well be insanely constricted. You know, as the world decides to grow, as the girl, as the world decides to progress and accept more and and learn more, it's very easy to think that um, that somehow we are at the top of our game when in the next five hundred years we could look back and and realize how stupid we really were so i think it's also important for people to find themselves and change their perception of the world in order to better understand what it is that they're meant for what that is they're capable for and how exactly the world could work so i'll leave it at that but uh i love you all whatever it is just keep grinding keep keep thinking in a rebel-minded way rebel rebel-minded manner uh truth and love This is your host, Zach, out. Hey, guys. I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.